of Acts, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13. This week we're going to continue in our sermon series entitled, What We Need to Do to Spread the Gospel. What We Need to Do to Spread the Gospel. Last, last week we learned about one of my all-time, well it was my all-time favorite football players, John the Diesel uh, Riggins. We learned that he shared many attributes on the football field that the Apostle Paul displayed on the mission field. We learned that both he and Paul were handpicked. Both were treated with, uh, did, were not treated with the respect they deserved. Both faced enormous odds. We learned that both were beaten down multiple times, but they got back up. Just what we need to do as Christians. Amen? If you're a Christian and you've never been beat down by the world, something, hey, listen. And we learned that, that neither of these men ever, ever, ever gave up. Too many Christians give up. We do. We just give up, we give in, we quit. Listen, we learned that once they started, they could not be stopped. We learned that these attributes are very useful to anyone who aspires to win people to Jesus. That, that we should have a, a fortified uh, to, of never giving, we should have a fortitude of, of never giving up, always moving forward for the glory of God. This morning, we're going to look at something else that is very important if we want to win people to the Lord. Now, this is important. If we want to win people to the Lord. So let's look at Acts chapter 13. We're going to start reading in verse 14. Acts 13, we're going to start reading in verse 14. It says, They continued their journey from Perga and reached Antioch of Poseidon. On the Sabbath day, they went to, into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent, uh, sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have any message of encouragement for the people, you can speak. Now listen, that's, that's like trying to give a Southern Baptist preacher a microphone and say, just give me a few short words. I mean, listen, Paul went into the synagogue and, and those in the synagogue and authority said, would you, like to, would you like to say something? Brother Frank, it was like, uh, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm going to say something. Verse 16 says, then standing up, see, Paul didn't take long, he stood up. Paul motioned with his hand and spoke, men of Israel and you who fear God, listen, the God of this people, Israel, chose our, our forefathers, exalted the people uh, during their stay in the land of Egypt, and led them out of it with a mighty arm. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the desert. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave their, their land to them as an inheritance. This all took about 450 years after this, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. After removing him, he raised up David as their king, of whom he testified, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will carry out all my will. From this man's descendants, according to the promise of God, brought to the, uh, the Savior, Jesus, to Israel. Before he came to public attention, John had previously proclaimed the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. 
Then as John was, was completing his life, work, he said, who, who do you think I am? I, I, am not, I am not the one. But look, someone is coming after me that I am not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers, sons of Abraham's race, and those among you who fear God, the message of this salvation has been sent to us. For the residents of Jerusalem and the rulers, since that they did not recognize him or, or the, the voices of the prophets that, uh, that, are read, that are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled their words by condemning him. Though they found no grounds for death, the death penalty, they asked Pilate to have him killed. When, when they had fulfilled all that, that had been written about him, they took him down from the tree and put him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. But God raised him from the dead. There we go. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he appeared many days to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who were now his witnesses to the people. And we, over, we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise that was, uh, that, that was made to our forefathers. God has fulfilled this to us, their children, by raising up Jesus as it was written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have become your father. Since he raised him from the dead, never to return to decay, he, he has spoken in this way. I will grant you the faithful covenant blessings made to David. Therefore, he also says to, in another message, you will, not always, uh, you, you will not allow your, whole, your Holy One to see decay. For David, after serving his generation in God's plan, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and decayed. But the one whom God raised up did not decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that, that through this man forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. And everyone who lives in him is justified from everything which you could not be justified from through, through the law of Moses. So beware, beware that what is said in all the prophets does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, marvel and vanish away because I am doing a work in your days. A work that you will never believe, even if someone were to explain it to you. As they were leaving, they begged that these matters be presented to them the following Sabbath. After the synagogue had been dismissed, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who were speaking with them and persuading them to continue in the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, Again, we come to you this morning asking, us, asking you to forgive us of our sins. Lord, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Lord, we pray that you would bless the congregation who has come to hear your word. And Lord, that you would just be with us right now. You'd wake us and shake us. You'd help us, Lord, to see exactly what we need to see in this scripture today, that we might be greater servants for you. In Jesus' name I do pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Church, what I want you to see from our scripture this morning 
What I want you to understand, what you desperately need to understand, what you need to desire as children of God, and what you need to formulate for yourself is this. Are you ready? The title of this morning's sermon is, You Need a Plan. You need a plan. Every single one of you need a plan. I'm going to drive that, home, that, that point home here in a couple seconds. Now, I want you to just imagine with me for a second. Could you imagine, could you imagine, Butch, could you imagine you deciding, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a business. I think everybody in here at some point in your time, you think about starting a business. You know, I, I'm going to start a business. Well, you know, there, I was driving down to Abercorn the other day, and I saw this storefront, and the storefront was right there. And, and I don't know how much the rent is, but I'm going to start my business right there. Can you imagine starting a business and not having a plan? Well, what are you going to sell? I don't know. I just want a business. I, I want a business because when you own a business, you make money. I, I'm going to rent that space right out. I'm just going to rent it. I, I mean, I'm just going to compulsively, I'm going to go up there. Rent is $3,000 a month. I'm going to rent this, <coughs> this, this space. Well, what, what, are you, what kind of business are you going to open? I don't know yet. I'm just going to get the bid. I'm going to rent the space first. You know what people would call you? Well, that's probably putting it mildly. Yeah, very crazy. Crazy, crazy. That's right, Sam. You, 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 listen, if you are going to open a business, you, you need to have a plan. You, you do. If you're, if you're wanting to start any kind of business, you need to go to a, a place that has a similar business and just walk in, sit down, see what they've done. You need to sit down and formulate a strategy and a plan. Where are you going to get your product from? Who's going to sell your product? Amy and I have talked about a business you know, for, for years uh, about possibly opening a business. And, and her, her idea and her thoughts is this. I could probably open a business and we could probably do pretty well, but I couldn't handle the employees. I don't want to deal with dealing with employees. You need to learn how to deal with employees. If you Listen, if you have uh, the, the thought of opening a business, well, I'm just going to open a business. I, I'm just gonna, I mean, you, if you don't have a plan, you're crazy. You, you really are. You're, you're nuts. Now, can you imagine, you know, when Amy and I first got married, we, we lived in an apartment uh, in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, oddly enough, the, the United States Congressman, Ralph Norman, y'all have probably seen some of his videos from South Carolina, uh, he, he, he owned the property. I mean, we, we saw him all the time. Now he's a United States congressman. He's a good one, by the way. Uh, but anyway, we lived in an apartment. <coughs> After about, I don't know, about three weeks, we realized, man, we're just throwing money away. We're just, I mean, renting an apartment. And it was a nice apartment. We got a great deal. Uh, but still, we're, you're, we're throwing money away. So we decided, you know, my uncle's a, a home builder. We're, we're going to buy a house or, or we're going to build a house. Could you imagine, Butch, me coming home and saying, look, darling, I bought a piece of property. We're going to build a house. <laughs> really? You know, what, what, what kind of house are we going to build? I don't know. I mean, a wood house. Uh, we're we going to have, some of it's going to be brick and some of it's going to be vinyl because back in the day, vinyl was king. Y'all, vinyl was king. Was, so we're going to have half brick, half vinyl. Okay, well, how many bedrooms? I don't know. I, you know, I, I know we need a kitchen. Uh, I know we need at least one bathroom and, and, and a shower, but I, I, I don't know. Well, is it going to be a one-story or two-story? Listen, you're, you're bogging the plans down. I bought a piece of property. We're going to build a house. Can, can you imagine buying a piece of property and going home and telling somebody, I, we're, we're going to build a house and having no plans whatsoever at all? You're crazy. 
You're cra- if you don't have plans, you, you can't put the foundation down. And the foundation is where you start. You've got to have plans. Can you imagine, Colonel, you know, can you imagine, you know, somebody right now, Lord, don't, don't let it happen, but somebody storming Florida, some other country coming over and just, you know, invading Florida. Now, one thing that, that opposing countries are afraid of more than anything else is America can form a militia in a heartbeat. We really can. Did y'all see the pictures in Virginia? Those boys weren't playing, were they? You're going to take all the guns? Okay, we're going to show up at the state capitol with our guns because we have the Second Amendment, and you can't take them. So they showed up. I mean, we, we had a, 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 a foresight of what the Second Amendment's all about. We can form a militia better than any country in the world can. But can you imagine, Jim, somebody is, is, is invaded Florida, and they're moving north. They're, they're coming north, and we form a militia, and we just go down. We're just, I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go fight. I'm going to get in my car. And listen, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got a 22 on this side. I've got my 12-gauge on this side. I've got a 40-millimeter on my side. And I'm going to roll the windows down, and I'm going to bum-rush them with my car. I'm going to roll my windows down on my Ford F-150. Terry, you're going to get up on the back, and you're going to have a scatter gun up on top. And we're going to, we, listen, we're just going to run right down through the middle of them, and we're going we gonna, to we gonna take care of all of it. Right? Jim would call me and he said, Brother Kyle, that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 being Jim, he would say, listen, I, I, I understand your passion. <laughs> and I understand that you want to do something, Brother Kyle. But this is not good. Why don't you meet us in Jacksonville and we're formulating a plan how we're going to take them all out. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Terry, listen, this was a dumb plan. I can't believe you came up with this. <laughs> You're nuts, man. We're going to Jacksonville to meet Jim because Jim's got a plan, right? That's, going into battle without a plan is suicide, right, Jim? You, you can't, you've got to have some sort of plan when you're going into battle. Church, if what I said just said sounds absolutely crazy to you, then anyone would try to start a business without a plan, build a house without a plan, or go into battle without a plan, then then you have to know that if you truly desire to win people to the Lord, you need a plan as well. You need a plan. And better yet, there, there are many plans for winning people to the Lord out there. I could give you multiple right here this morning, but but you, you need to find a plan that works for you. you. You do. Each person needs to find a plan that works for you. Now, can I tell you, can I tell you a, a secret, though? We have this morning in our possession, and I just read one account of many accounts, Paul's master plan that is proven to work. This plan won thousands, if not millions of people to the Lord. If Paul's plans worked for him and God thought so much of this plan that that he had it printed in his word, don't you think that we ought to at least try it? Now let me drive this point home a little second. If you're a Christian this morning, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior this morning, raise your hand. All over the building. All over the building. Now understand this. Brandon, when God saved you, 
He called you to win the lost. Bill, when God saved you, He called you to win the lost. Brittany, when God saved you, He called you to win the lost. Stanley, when God saved you, He called you to win the lost. Brandon, when God saved you, He called you to win the lost. I could do that with every person who raised their hand. We're not exempt. None of us are exempt. Not one single person. Momo Bryant, when God saved you, He called you to win the lost in this world. Every single one of us, we are called by God to win the lost. We are to have a passion for the lost. Listen, their lostness should break our heart. We should have real tears for the people in this world who are lost because they don't know the love of God. If they die, they are not going to heaven. According to Scripture, if they die lost, they are going to a hell that they'll never escape. And that ought to break our hearts. Why should it break our hearts? Because it breaks God's heart. Listen, God God loves us so much and we understand that love because God loves us. Listen, they don't understand that love because they don't understand the love of God. It is our job to win this lost world for Jesus. Jesus did not save you to sit comfortably in a pew on Sunday morning and sing songs unto the God that you're never going to win anybody to. God called you to win the lost in this world. Brother Kyle, I'm not Paul. I'm not Paul either. Tony, are you Paul? I'm not John. I'm Kyle. He created me for this day, this time, this place to win people for Jesus. And he included you. That's why you're alive. I've told you all this before. People get so upset. Why, Why did God kill him? Why did God God allow so-and-so to die at such an early age? I want to raise my hand and say, say not not to be mean, but sometimes honesty is mean, right? I know why he's gone, because he wasn't doing anything for Jesus. Why in the world do you think Jesus would keep you around when you're doing nothing for him? That's grace. That's mercy. If you're doing nothing for God, what are you here for? Yourself. Yourself. God created every single one of us. He saved us that we might win people for Him. Well, what was Paul's plan, Kyle, Brother Kyle? I mean, if, you, if it was so perfect, and it, it, it is. It's a good plan. What is it? We need a plan. If you don't have a plan, listen, write this down. I'll give you a copy of the message. It's not hard. It really isn't. What was Paul's plan? Number one, Paul was led by the Holy Spirit of God to go where he went. Paul was led by the Holy Spirit of God to go where he went. If Paul would have gone anywhere else on his own, and he tried. Remember, he tried to go into northern Asia. Remember, Miss Desi? And the Holy Spirit of God said, uh-uh-uh-uh, you turn around, you go back. You're not going there. Twice he tried to go, and the Holy Spirit turned him around. If he would have gone anywhere else where the Holy Spirit of God had, had, had not gone ahead of him and prepared the way, his ministry would have been fruitless. Paul went where God led him to go. And so should we. Paul went where the Holy Spirit of God led him. And so should we. Church, please understand that God has called us all to win this world to him. 
If you have ever felt led to go somewhere he is leading you, then, then if you've never felt led to go somewhere that he's leading you, then, then you may want to ask God why. This does not fit the picture of what Scripture clearly says we are to be for the Lord. It, it, it's, it, it's crystal clear. It, it really is. God didn't save us to do nothing. God did not save us so we could walk around in this world with the get out of hell free pass and flown it in the face of every lost person in the world. Look at them. Jennifer, look at them. Golly, look at Yesterday, Amy and I saw something on our road. Just, it just blew our minds. We saw a man laying in the ditch down there uh, uh, by the canal as we were driving back to our house uh, after the, the memorial service. And Amy says, I, I, don't know, I don't know if he was moving or not. I don't know. Uh, I said, well, let, let's go back. We're coming back this way. If, you know, if he's still sitting there, we'll, we'll stop. So as we're coming back this way, uh, we, we looked down the canal, and there he was. He was still laying there, and we pulled in, and, and he started motioning us this way. And, and Amy and I jumped out of the car to see if he was okay. I mean, y'all, this isn't the first time this has happened. I mean, it's It's nuts. And, and he says, my, my, knees, my knees are just killing me. I said, you need, we need to call the ambulance? And No, 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 my knees are just killing me. I just stopped here to rest. Thank you for, for, for stopping. About that time, as, as we're sitting there, a, a pickup truck goes by, and a guy yells out the, the, the passenger side window, Hey, yo, drunk, why don't you get up off the ditch and get out of here? Well, that's the love of Jesus, isn't it? That's, that's the love of Jesus, isn't it? Listen, if you love the way Jesus loves, you're to look at people the same way that Jesus looks at those people. With love and compassion, not hatred and, and, and oh, my, just, just disrespect and disregard. Look at him. Look at him, that old drunk. Yeah, listen, don't you remember who you were? Don't you remember who you were? And somebody, somebody with the love of God cared enough to talk to you, not down at you, but to talk to you, to love you to Jesus. We've got a problem, church, when there's so many sinners who walk up and down our streets and we look at them with disdain instead of the love of God. We don't even know what their names are. We will not stop. We'll be that person who rolls our windows down and say, Hey, yo, drunk, won't you get up off the floor? Hey, Christian, why don't you stop and help him up off the floor? Amen. So we see that Paul would go where the Lord led him. I don't know where you are. I don't know why you got the job that you did. But you need to look around. Because God put you there for a reason. And that reason is to let your light shine. It doesn't matter what, I hate my job. I've told you on my last job, I hated it. And I told God I hated it. God, I hate this job. I'm sick of this job. I'm tired of being sick and nasty and had this cough, this raspy cough and, and black stuff all up on my nose and my eyes and my fingers and my hands were always black. Black, fingernails black. Just filth. I'm sick of it, God. And God says, won't you do what I called you there to do and then I'll get you out of there. Well, what did he call me there to do? To shine his light, to win people to Jesus. The day that I left there, Tony, the day that I left there, I, this guy used to haul iron past my machine every day, all day. He looked and he stopped and he said, so today's your last day? I said, yes, sir. You know what he said? He said, you'll be back. You'll be back. 
I didn't go back because God led me somewhere else. God, where's God leading you? Where is it that God has led you? Tell people about Jesus there. Number two, <clears throat> Paul would always go the same place when he entered a town. If that place didn't exist in that town, which it you know, sometimes didn't exist, but most times it did, Paul would go to the synagogue. When he first came in town, he'd go to synagogue. We saw it in our scripture this morning. Why, you might ask, why did Paul always go to a synagogue? Because the Jews were his people. They would have been knowledgeable about what, was going, what he was going to preach there. Now, where we should start trying to win people to the Lord is where our people are, our family. Our family will be receptive to hear us more than anybody else will. They will be able to, to see the transformation that, that we saw take place in our own lives. And you will learn how to tone your soul winning skills and plan with people who are more likely to tolerate your story without hurting your feelings. And please, listen, let me just go ahead and tell you. Let me go ahead and tell you. If, if you are going to try and win people to the Lord, which you're called to do, all of us are called to be soul winners, all of us are called to, to reach the lost world. If you're going to do this, people are going to hurt your feelings. Your feelings are going to get hurt. So you know, start, start at home or with your family trying to tell them about Jesus. Because they'll be a little more sensitive to your feelings than the person across the street you would just randomly knock on their door that God leads you. Amen? Sometimes. Now, the third thing we see is this. Paul would always tell his listeners what the Old Testament said about the coming of, of, the, of, the, of the Messiah. He would build his case for Christ on prophesied writings and, and pointed towards, that pointed towards the Messiah. Paul would show the people where, where, where they were as, as people before Christ came into the world. How, how they were in desperate need of the prophesied Savior. Now, we too can use this approach in winning the lost. We all had a past and made, that made us realize that we were in desperate need of a Savior. And if you didn't, something's wrong. We all have a past. Now, we need to tell the world that, that we realize that we needed a change in our lives and understood quickly that we did not have the power to make that change. And this is where we began to search scriptures. That, that's where you find Jesus. You understand that, right? Dust off your Bible. That's where people, listen, people want facts and information. Well, you can point them toward the facts and information in the Bible. Well, Brother Kyle, people don't believe the Bible's true. Well, I can't help you there. You have to show them that the Bible is real in you. Paul then, after he uses Old Testament Scripture to support what he's getting ready to say, Paul then goes straight to Jesus as the prophesied Messiah. He tells of what Jesus did while he was alive. How he was falsely accused and killed. But he was raised from the dead by God the Father and seen by hundreds of people for over 40 days. This is where uh, we, we tell the world that Jesus has raised us from the dead as well. We were once had a death sentence hanging over our heads. And when Jesus saved us, we went from death to life. I don't know if you can feel it, but I know I do. I went from death to life. 
Our lives were changed when Jesus saved us. Jesus did something for us that no other person on this earth could ever do. This is how I know he is real and still alive today. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to tell you what you need to tell other people. Hopefully you're already convinced. I know that Jesus is alive today because I have the power and the strength and I have the ability to tell you what he's done for me. I couldn't do this 15 years ago when I was lost. I'd have laughed just like you are. Paul then does something that we need to pay attention to. Paul then asks his listeners to invite Jesus into their lives. Church, please, please listen to me. There is, is, is no point in trying to win somebody to Jesus if you're not going to give the person the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Savior. Do you hear me? There's no, no reason to try to, to witness to somebody if you're not going to give them the opportunity to accept Jesus. You need to give them an opportunity. Open your Bible to Romans 10, 9. Read that verse and tell who, whoever it is that you're speaking with that this is how easy Jesus made it to follow him. And look at him and say, do you want to do this today? Romans 10, 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I mean, that's too hard. No, it's not. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, Scripture says, you shall be. Yeah. And you just look at them. Do you want to do that today? Do, do you want to do that today? Brother Kyle, that, listen, they, I, oh, that just that gets me so scared. I mean, I, they, they, might, they might say no and they might talk bad about me. I don't, hey, listen, I'd rather talk bad about me for, what, 50 years of my life than an eternity, wouldn't you? For all eternity, can you imagine the countless numbers of people that we should have witnessed to? They're going to die in hell and they're going to curse our name because we let them know we were Christians, but we never took the time to talk to them about the Christ that we said we loved. Oh, Jesus is the most important thing to me to all the world. But I ain't going to tell nobody about him. Does that, listen, does that, does that even make sense to you? Oh, how I love Jesus. But I ain't going to tell anybody about him. He don't mean that much to me. Oh, I, 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 I love Jesus. I know, I know how much Jesus and what I, I know what Jesus did for me. Oh, I know what Jesus did to, to save my soul. I know what he did. He died when he was 33 years. Nobody should die when they're 33 years. Listen, Jesus did. He took it all for me. All my sins, all my cares, all my sorrows. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How I love that name, Jesus. But you can go to hell because I ain't going to tell you about it. And you and you and you, you can all just go to hell because I'm not going to tell you about Jesus. Brother Kyle, that's, I can't believe you just said that. Well, that's really what we're saying. You, you say that you love, oh, I mean, I, I see people all the time. I love my job. I love the people that I work with. They're just so wonderful. I love my school. I love my friends. But I ain't going to tell them about Jesus. I don't love them that much. Listen, does that even make sense that you have the love of God in you? You say you do, and you love these people, and you say you do, but there's nothing inside of you compelling you to tell the people that you love because you have the love 
about Jesus. That does not compute. That does not make sense. Church, you do know that this is, is, is not hard at all, right? Th this is not hard at all. We make it hard. We have this fear that, that's not of God. The only thing that we are to fear is the Lord. The only thing we're to fear is God. If this is true, if all we fear is God, then, then what do you think it's going to be like when we stand before the Lord one day and we have not tried to win the world for Him? If we're to fear God, Scripture says, I mean, Proverbs 1-7, the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If we are to fear God, what's it going to be like one day when we stand before Him and we've never tried to win the world for the Lord? We're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. Church, if you want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread like never before, you need a plan. You need a plan. Do you have one? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for this day and we thank you for this invitation that's about to be given. God, I pray this morning, if there's somebody in this church this morning who has never accepted you and they know they're living a lie, God, I pray that you would give them the fortitude, give them the courage to walk down this aisle and accept you as their personal Savior. We don't have much time left. God, we, we might not make it till tomorrow. We might not make it to May. We might not make it to October. We might not make it to December. We, we need you and we need to quit playing with you. God, please show us what we need to do to win the world for you. God, again, if there's somebody here this morning, give them the ability to walk down this aisle and let me show them what the Word of God says all of us must do to be born again. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? Will you come?